Welcome to our webinar, the Water's New Gold CEO Briefing. Our mission is to transform the water industry. Decentralization offers us this opportunity. The plan that you've built here is super impressive. The world is experiencing a crisis in regards to water. It's a great opportunity that you are giving us investors. Not too many CEOs do a weekly briefing and are willing to talk to individual investors. Welcome everyone to the CEO briefing. We're going to have uh, right away get into the thing and from Keith Rutten. A good evening to all of our Origin Clear family, and likewise to you and yours, Keith. Thank you so much. All right, let's uh, jump right in here as people arrive. Water is new gold, and it is truthfully, uh, from what we know of the water rates, it is clearly recession-proof. The water rates keep rising, um, and People think it's regulated, but it really is not, especially in the United States. And so um, there's places where water rates have gotten really ridiculous in terms of a percentage of people's pay. It is, of course, vital, and it's increasingly scarce. And I'm going to have a, uh, shortly I'll have an article about that, which um, is pretty grim. Safe Harbor Statement, of course, we do our very best to tell you how it is, but it is always subject to risks and uncertainties. Okay. This is the story that I saw that a very good um, follower of ours posted. This is a gigantic hydroelectric uh, dam, one of the largest in the world. <clears throat> and it is about to run out of energy. Look how, look how tiny those cars are. I mean, this is how big this thing is. It's vast. But they are dealing with deforestation and they're dealing with climate change, um, which is... And, don't get me into debates about climate change, but clearly there are changes in rain patterns where there used to be drought and now there's rain, where there used to be rain and now there's drought. And this is throwing things off. People build multi-billion dollar dams like this, and then all of a sudden there's no water. So we've got to address water issues in the world. That is, of course, our mission. Well, sales are booming. Oh my gosh, check it out. We're not even done with October and already we're almost at $12 million in booked sales. Now, again, book sales are not revenue because you book the sale and then um, which typically involve, it, it's a PO, you got you get a PO, great. Now people have to start paying money and you have to start delivering. And for example, if you take a look at August there uh, under progressive water treatment, almost $7 million, well, that a big chunk of that five million was, was a single client with three power plants. That will take two years to deliver. So there's a lag to all this, and that's just how it is. But it is amazing to see, even looking at booked sales last year this time versus this year this time, we're still triple, more than triple. All right, well, let's take a look at what it means on graphs so we can understand what's going on here. Um, here is a picture of book sales, <clears throat> and of course, August dwarfs everything. So I've gone ahead and um, cut off that peak to give you an idea of the trend line. Here it is. It shows you that um, there's a really good trend line on PWT. That's the blue part. Modular water systems is trending beautifully as well. And, um, you know, 
this modular water systems did a total of, I think, $732,000 last year. And if you look at back here, they did that in more than that in um, June, right? And now in October, look, they just scored another million, million plus. So they are really, really rocking. And this was a big reason why we brought on board modular water systems. We needed a new technology, which we got the five patents for the modular systems. And number two, we wanted to complement progressive water, basically acquire another product line. And as opposed to buying a company where you get the revenue right away, we had to build the revenue. And it took us from the last week of June, 2018, all the way until now for things to really take off. So um, good things happen to those who wait. And thank God we have some great investors who helped us uh, through this, but now it's paying off. So now let's take a look at the overall corporate thing. And once again, it's dwarfed by that big peak. So let's take a look at the trend line if we cut that off. And very nice. So we're seeing, <clears throat> if I were a stock analyst, I would look at this, I would see my bottoms are rising, right? So my, my bottoms are getting uh, less and less. And my tops are rising. It, it, exclude this August peak. You can see that the tops are rising, the bottoms are rising. So this is a very, very good, very healthy trend. And if I was book, if, if I was looking at this as a stock price, I would say, wow. Now, I want to talk briefly to the stock price. We don't manage to the stock price, but you know, we're well aware that there's some weakness in the stock. And that is for one reason only, short term, and that is because volume is still growing. I'm very happy that uh, volume of trading has basically doubled in the last month or so, but it needs to do more. With more volume, we get more ability to absorb sales. Now, how are we going to drive fundamentals, which in turn will naturally um, drive stock price? I've learned from 14 years of being a CEO of a public company that you cannot drive the stock price directly. It's like pushing string. And a lot of people will help you waste money trying to do it. And it is just, sorry, it doesn't work. Which, what does drive it is fundamentals. So this is one big piece of fundamentals. And we're about to get into the other big piece, which is these pre-funded systems, which have a huge effect on us. But let's continue now, because the next thing I want to get into is what's up with Bitcoin? Lord. Well, um, it's at an all-time high. You know, a lot of people in the last six months were... Um, they didn't hang on, you know, there, there were crashes. I think it went down as low as in the high 20s. Um, and so a lot of people gave up on Bitcoin and Ethereum and so forth. Um, I was too busy to sell, so I just held on to it. Um, but the um, also an um, exchange traded fund has launched, which is very, just blowing up. Essentially, Bitcoin is a mainstream currency. It's, an, it's time to recognize that whole countries are adopting it. Now, one big reason why this is going on is inflation. We have a big inflation problem. Already, the trillions of dollars being thrown into the economy were creating inflation, but now we have supply chain disruptions. And um, apparently, the government finally convinced the port of LA to go 24-7, um, <laughs> which, of course, other ports in the world are saying, yeah, that's what we do all the time. What are you talking about? But apparently it's not what we do in LA. Nonetheless, um, all this adds up to inflation. 
I'm hearing, for example, Procter & Gamble got very creative and solved problems by raising prices. I'm like, okay, they, the stuff will be on the shelves. I believe that, that these, these problems are, are, you know, will move on past these problems, but prices will rise dramatically. Now, what does this all mean for new cryptos? So a rising tide floats all, a rising tide floats all boats. I learned that when I first became a Series 7 um, broker back in the 80s. And um, I was asked to market a small company called Societe Generale in uh, New York that was just arriving. And in order to market them, I had to become a broker. And I learned this, rising tide floats all boats. Um, also, I learned that a that past performance is no indicator of future performance. But what this means here is that the broad rise in the market helps all crypto instruments. Another major factor is investor regret. I know that I'm like, you know what? I really could have bought Bitcoin at $100. I knew it was there. Uh, I blew it off. And how many people did that, right? Um, I even you know, sold off in early 2018 and waited. Um, and so... You know, the, the, this this creates investor regret, and then people would like to get in. Now, um, cryptos, um, you know, there's there's ways to get into. I won't get in, into how you get it. You know, get into them. But for example, Clear Aqua as a utility token would start out free or participate participation based uh, rewards for participation or for um, various roles in the uh, Clear Aqua network. That's still being worked out. I have um, a top, one of the world's top crypto lawyers uh, who was uh, headlining um, a crypto conference last week in Dubai, and he's now in Lisbon, and he promises me that he's going to be helping me um, figure things out the next couple of days, and that will help us move forward. Now, remember H2O, dollar sign H2O? Well, that, that we kind of put it aside for a bit, <clears throat> but there's some factors that make this important. And um, Clarence Dennison, if you're raising your hand, um, we don't we don't open up the participation. What you can just do is drop in a chat, and I will read it on the air. All right. So, what about a dollar H two O? Let's just go back to a presentation that Ken made, and basically, uh, there is a digital currency, and it's how we can make payments more efficient and error free, and it's the world's first water currency to streamline payment contracts creating decades of inflation protected cash flow. And um, furthermore, this uses uh, these smart contracts that Ethereum has. It can be programmed to pay royalties, et cetera. And it can be either token, meaning a uh, token with a serial number or non-fungible means non-switchable um, token. Uh, fungible means you can interchange it. If I take two $1 bills in my wallet, I can use them equally. They are fungible, right? Uh, crude oil is generally fungible. Food crude oil from uh, the North Sea or from Texas, you can use it as gasoline eventually. Anyway, so non-fungible means it's unique. All right. Now it's completely swappable and um, it's very much like the JPM coin that uh, um, uh, JP Morgan built to streamline payments. It is programmable money. And this is, again, this reminds me, this, goes, this takes me back. This is earlier this year, but it's still very much um, uh, on point. Programmable money is being called the most valuable segment of the cryptocurrency market. And let me show you why. 
boom, NFT market blows up. Q3 is already um, at 10.7. Um, and uh, for, you know, through, through um, end of September and like literally 10x, it's ridiculous. Now let's take a look at the categorization. Collectibles by far are the most popular, uh, meaning, you know, baseball cards, that kind of thing. But the third row utility, that's where we fit. And that's, you know, that's not a mean amount, 37,000 uh, NFTs. Uh, these are sold, NFTs sold over the last 30 days. So it gives you an idea of, of the market. So um, what's happening is that NFTs um, are being used to hold assets. Like let's say a house. You, you, people have taken an entire house, turned it into an NFT, packaged it as a non-fungible token. Why is it not fungible? Because you're not going to switch that house with the other house down the street. They're unique, right? So that's non-fungible. And then when we sell the house, we just transfer the wallet address. Thank you very much, right? And that's it. So it creates eventually a market. I believe all assets of all kinds will end up being packaged either as NFTs or as just plain unique tokens. I know it's a kind of an insider difference, but um, we're not wedded to NFTs, but they are very, very handy. Okay, conclusion then is that both ClearAqua and $H2O are promising. And remember that we have to make sure we get regulatory approval and develop these tools. Okay, now, um, had a wonderful opportunity to do a, an interview in Heart Energy Publishing. And uh, Madison Radcliffe came along and said, um, I'd like to um, cover you. And um, this is completely editorial. And this is a major, it's a major energy publication. And uh, they have you know, 2.5 million page views this year alone, et cetera. And so they're serious. So let's, I, she authorized me to um, play an excerpt from the interview that this interview will be put in print, but you get to hear some of the questions she asked. And remember, this is about blockchain technology, how blockchain technologies are impacting the energy industry and the environment. Now, just blockchain is very simple. It's a way to streamline uh, data, right? It's called, uh, it's called World Wide Web 3. Three, the third wave of World Wide Web. And it's just a way to make things flow within a, in a error tolerating way. I won't say more than that, but you can have problems with getting uh, things approved and they'll still go through. It's, it's very good for chaotic environments such as we do have. Okay, without further ado, I'm gonna go ahead and turn on the uh, video here. All right, let's play this thing. I think you'll enjoy it. It tells us a lot about what, what's going on. All right, so let's go ahead and get started then, if All right. you're ready. Yes, I am. Um, for blockchain, how would you say that it is different than other technologies? Well, let me take it sort of 30,000 foot view. We have created a two token structure. Um, on one side is a <clears throat> what's called a utility token, which is simply a community coin called Clear Aqua, which is intended and now we're we're still in development on this. Uh, it's many many mainly legal issues to work out on that. You know if it's going to be a utility token, et cetera, et cetera. But our vision is 
that it is a way for people to participate in a community to alert the, the, de the higher delegates about a water problem. Let's say there's a water problem in, you know, brown water in Compton, California. Okay, uh, that gets goes up and then the uh, delegate layer puts together proposals, which goes to the governing body. So that's clear aqua. And that's just a, a way for people to participate and be paid for helping out. Okay. Um, it's only secondarily a blockchain thing in the sense that everything runs on blockchain and crypto, right? Okay. Now on the other side is a, um, a way, another coin we call dollar sign H2O, which is intended to be a wrapper for dividends on these pay-as-you-go systems. Because as we, let's say I've got to, um, let's say I build, I'm currently building right now um, a subsidiary with that, that is being funded by investors. And now this subsidiary is investing in water equipment that goes out on these, these uh, pay, pay for you know, performance um, type programs. We retain ownership of the equipment and the investors get dividends. Well, as this scales up, because this is not just intended to be for our water company, but it's a financial play for ultimately all water companies, there's gonna be a lot of investors. And we realized we needed to streamline payments. And so we said, okay, now, do you know what an NFT is? Yes. Okay. So initially we thought of it as a non-fungible token, or you could just call it a serialized token. But what it is, is a unique uh, token and it's got a smart contract that embeds all the future revenues from that share of that equipment for that investor. It's kind of like that NFL player who created a coin and he put his contract on that coin and people could buy pieces of his future earnings at a discount. So he'd get the cash now and they would get the future earnings. This is a way for um, the, this, this token therefore is great because it's, it doesn't have all the ACH issues. Um, if, if I want to transfer my, not only my share, but all my future revenue from that share to you, all I got to do is do a wallet transfer. And that's a beautiful thing because there's no separation. I can, send, I can do it with Singapore. I can do it with anybody. It's just a matter of sharing a wallet address, right? And that What's interesting about that is that you then potentially create a water marketplace. Now, the big problem with water is that it is local, right? You can't truck, it's how are you going to truck water from Atlanta to New York? Not going to happen. Um, and so, places like Northern California, they're suffering a drought and we can't really help them. We can't send them water. It doesn't work that way. But there should be a market where if you have a very high cost of water in Northern California, you can buy water options on Singapore, for example, and you know, at least your costs are, are managed. Well, that doesn't exist in the world today. So back in 2018, I started working on this and I created a, a uh, coin called Water Chain as our first effort to do this. And ultimately we had to give it up. Why? Because we couldn't figure out how to attach that coin to money. Now, now that we have water as a managed service, every single gallon in the system is, has money attached to it, it's being paid for. 
on a service contract. And so you can monetize that and say, okay, this thing has real value. And all of a sudden we have something where um, there's a contract and an investor and dividends and so forth, and it's actual money attached to water. And eventually that's tradable, swappable, just like they have in the NFT markets. Down the road, we can look at people being able to swap water futures using this vehicle. So that's that's the really interesting thing about it, that it's going to take time and we're not trying to rush it. It's, it's kind of a, it's kind of an organic thing. It'll happen over time. What we're interested in is basically to streamline payments. It's very much like um, there is a, something called a JPM coin, which is JP Morgan's coin, and they use it to streamline payments. Well, that's our purpose here is just to make it easy because, uh, you know, we pay dividends to our investors currently, and it's a pain that, you know, there's a wrong routing number, an ACH, this, whatever, and it becomes escalated to the highest levels. Like, where's my payment? Well, that's fine if you have 200 investors, but if you have 2000, I don't think so. So that's why we do it, but that's also the potential for it. That's very cool. I haven't heard of any technology like that. Well, if I may say so, Madison, this is a trend. I believe it's a mega trend of all assets being tokenized, mm-hmm. right? And it's yeah. it's already happening in energy, as we know, right? Um, oh, yeah. Tokenization of, of all these, as long as there's revenue attached to it, revenue stream attached to it, then you can tokenize it. And I think it's going to happen with everything. I think you're probably right. Yeah. How can your blockchain technology benefit operators in the oil and gas industry? Or how is it currently? Well, okay. So thinking, stepping away from origin clear, really what you're talking about is um, one level um, is for uh, all exploration and production. You've got um, a lot of uh, oil well LPs that could be operated more efficiently uh, using a tokenization. So the investor side, I think is very interesting because uh, you know you have the big, you have the majors and that's fine, but you have a lot, a lot of small operators with their, their own investment systems. You have um, um, oil and gas LPs of, that, of which there might be tens of thousands. And this is how you can you know, streamline it and ultimately create a kind of a barter system Um, because let's say that you're stuck with, um, a non-functioning well, uh, in New Mexico, but there's an opportunity to, um, aggregate that with other wells that are functioning better in, you know, um, in Texas. So there's ways to create a sort of a natural marketplace. So I think that the idea that we've come up with for water could be applied to the, uh, exploration and production space. Um, specifically as regards in, in, you know, managing investments, um, asset management, uh, revenue streams, all these things are really well, um, you know, they're appropriate for blockchain uh, because they deal with the, the great thing about blockchain is it deals with the chaos issue. Like, sure, you can do everything on a database, but then databases break, they, they get hacked, there's, there's issues with deliverability, uh, especially on money. Well, that's where the blockchain gives you a very clean environment that is that does not require 100% consensus to operate, that is secure, and that also deals with the um, money delivery issue. So that's 
that's one thing that I can think of right away. Um, we can democratize, in other words, we can democratize investment. On my side, I'm looking at being able to literally let, you know, a grandmother in Korea on her Samsung, you know, invest, you know, thousand dollars and it goes into projects that are pretty big. And I, so I think there's a way to democratize um, oil and gas investment uh, so that more people have a shot at it. It's kind of an alternate market, you might say. All right, thank you. So that just gives you a quick, um, you know, obviously it was much, much longer and uh, the, the, um, the article will come out in November and um, GRW, yep, the replay, um, but we have lots of good stuff and I'm gonna keep going fast because there's, there's really good stuff uh, yet to come, the, the, uh, the, the, the meat of this. Uh, and uh, Dave Johnson, I apologize if you're listening because I had to cut your interview and it's going to go next week because we just ran out of time. So um, I'm going to play a fantastic interview. This is the day. Brad Waller, one of the very first investors in Water on Demand, just committed this week. And Daniel Early, who's been, as you know, putting together all these design, build, own, operate. Let's listen to them talk. Good afternoon, uh, Brad Waller, Dan Early. It's a pleasure to uh, bring you guys together. And the reason we're bringing you together is that Brad is a longtime investor in Origin Clear, and he just committed some funding to the Water on Demand program, which is a way to get equipment prepaid and put out on these long-term service contracts we call water purchase agreements. And over here, Dan Early is our chief engineer, and he's been the one who has been most aggressively um, discussing various uh, projects that could fit that, um, that mode. And we call this design, build, own, operate, DBOO. Now design and build is what the company currently does. We build it, we ship it, collect and goodbye. And of course, there's consumables after that, but there's not a lot of service goes on after that. And then there's DB operate, which would be just to do, be the operator, outsourced operator on behalf of the customer. But the ultimate is all four letters where we also own the equipment and the client treats us like a utility, like we're the city and there's a meter and they're paying on the meter. And, and there's also on top of it, a certain requirement certain level of quality we reached. So this is potentially a, a big win for the client because they can kind of wash their hands of the whole problem, don't have a capital issue, uh, but it's also very rich for us because we get this ongoing services revenue. So it's a beautiful vision and I'm so happy it's finally coming to fruition. Um, so Brad, I just wanted to ask you, you, just a few days ago, you made a commitment to our, in, to our famous Ken Berenger to invest in Water on Demand. I did. Um, I had a good conversation with Ken and he explained to me generally what you were doing, maybe not as much detail as you just went into about the DBOO, but um, yeah, I, I've been a longtime investor, longtime believer in your visions. Um, and I, you know, I invest in people. So Riggs is the reason I'm here from the very beginning and he's the reason I'm still here. Yes, and, I, and I'm still here probably because Dan is still here. So it's kind of a circular thing. For purposes of matching this to potential projects, do you mind t telling us how much you committed to for this? I committed to 100K investment. All right, $100,000. All right, now, Dan, we know you have a roster. We've been, we've been reporting on this uh, almost every week where it's going and so forth. 
Now, I don't think 100K quite buys a full project, but tell us a little bit about where this money might go and flesh out what kind of projects it might go to. Well, the good news is just, just earlier this week, we secured purchase orders for uh, two projects that have been in our pipeline uh, for the last six months or so. Um, they are, both systems are 10,000 gallon per day uh, wastewater treatment systems. They are what we refer to the Averis Kid treatment system. It's our above ground containerized plug and play advanced treatment solution. The, the two particular customers that we are working with and will be servicing and delivering equipment to, they are both um, residential opportunities. They are single family uh, decentralized applications where these customers are not connected to public sewer. They're off the off the beaten path. Um, and these um, these customers have a demand and, a, and an immediate need for on-site wastewater treatment. One of them is an existing, well, both of them are existing customers. Uh, both of them are kind of similar and, and, and unique all at the same time, a little bit of difference between the two. Uh, one customer has to upgrade and provide additional treatment uh, for more stringent effluent permitting limits. And in doing and in, in committing to an upgrade for their customers, their current customer base, they are very interested in a, uh, a future ownership and operations uh, capacity where we could come in and can assume that um, that level of ownership and operations. The other customer, uh, existing single family residential development, and they are in an area that is uh, under the pressure, under development pressures. Um, just it's in, located in Texas. Huge demand for real estate. In fact, not All far from our own headquarters, right? Very yes, uh, about thirty, about approximately thirty minutes away from our headquarters in McKinney, Texas, there in North mm. Texas. This this particular project is really the one that I like the most of the two that we've picked up this week, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Existing uh, ten units uh, subdivision, currently ten customers connected to an existing central utility. The the board is going to commit to an expansion. They're going to add a, a more. Um, they're going to add one of our decentralized wastewater treatment systems, our Averiskid system, so that they can add another thirty, another twenty additional customers. So they're going to go from ten customers to thirty customers, decentralized utility, and they very much want to explore the the double O portion of the DBOO. They want to look at the operations where we can provide the service, the ongoing service, but they are very interested in the ownership aspect of it where after they build out as a developer they make their money they hand over the title and the keys to the, the utility and we assume that asset we take over that asset and what's really cool about that is, is that you got new equipment new infrastructure we pray we brought it in we know what quality and the conditions in and now you've got a continuous you've got a revenue generating model a utility model so that customer right there um, they committed to a purchase order this week Give you some, Brad, just give you some sense of the price tag of these two systems. Both of them are in the low $200,000 range. Uh, one of them was about $210,000. The other one was about $225,000. Um, so it's a very typical of our smaller treatment systems at 10,000 gallons per day. So now, one of them is the, uh, the the 10 home residential moving to 30, adding 30, is that right? Uh, adding 20 for a total of 30. Okay, good. And the other one is a mobile home park actually, right? It's an existing mobile home park. I think the total connection count on that one is about somewhere about 50, about 50 connections. Um, and that one's located in Pennsylvania, existing utility permitted, and they just need to commit to a, to a new infrastructure system. And that's what we're providing for them. The engineer, the consultants that work for that, uh, that have worked for the mobile home park really loved our containerized plug and play delivery. It is so fast. That's the key to it is 
it delivers, it plugs in, and it goes into operation within a matter of a few days. The old tried and true model usually would take 30 to 60 days, really extensive, long, drawn out, very expensive. So we are, we're focusing on a much more efficient delivery model when it comes to delivering decentralized wastewater. Um, any, any questions? Does that, does that make sense? Well, and in fact, what's great about that is being able to repossess the unit in case of non-performance, which makes it easier for us to be in the rental business without, you know, extracting personal guarantees or whatever, you know, it's look, rent it, you know, pay first and last, whatever. Um, you got it. You don't pay. We'll just, you know, stick it, stick it back on a, on a semi-trailer and take it home. Right. So that, that is uh, very attractive, very attractive. There's a leverage. Yeah. With the ownership, with the ownership operate the, uh, the ownership and operating ca capability that we have, that is a huge leverage point. It really is. And how permanent or semi-permanent is the installation? Is it the kind of, since Rick did, did say, you know, you hook up the semi, take it away. Is it like just on a cement pad and ready to go or enclosed? How, how does it look? It is. It, the, the Avera Skid system, and, I, and we'll be glad to share um, brochures and technical documents to, that really describe the product in more detail, but the Avera Skid system is containerized. And it shows up and it basically bolts down to a, uh, a concrete pad and it's a pipe and a pipe in and a pipe out connection and a power connection and the system's ready to go. It is an extremely fast delivery model. It is very unique to this industry. And it's quite frankly, it's where the industry has needed to go for the longest time. Well, in fact, uh, I'll, I can show you a picture right now. Here it is. Uh, this is the Averiskid. So it is a rigid structure, um, permanent. And uh, as you said, Brad, it'll go on a concrete pad um and um you know it, it but it is still can be lifted off because it is a con it is a container so it's the best of both worlds it is as far as the uh, the permanence of it too brad you're asking a good question what, what is the anticipated life cycle the, what is unique about the Averiskid system is that while it does use an external metal steel container system for the box we use a structural plastic rectangular plastic water tank system, compartmentalized water tank system on the inside of the Averiskid unit, there is no wastewater that comes in contact with the steel structure. So the plastic, the, the structural plastic system will give us a continuous duty life cycle of the structure itself equal to 50 years, if not much, much longer than that. Um, if you keep a decent coat of paint on the outside of the container unit or dress it up with some sheet metal architectural detailing, it'll last equally as long. So really what that is a the, the approach that we are promoting into the industry around this decentralized plug and play model is radically different than what you have seen in the old conventional steel and concrete delivery models of the past half century. Decentralization is the future when it comes to if you're not in the public, if you're not in a big metropolitan region and you don't have access to public water and public sewer, you have to you have to build your own. And this is the way you build your own. So I can see that the performance here, we, we're moving from uh, almost, almost uh, non-recordable non levels of, um, you know, suspended solids and bio, bio, biological oxygen demand, which is basically a measure of how polluted it is. So, um, and you're talking well, cluster residential pro, uh, development right here. There we go. So, or an RV park, et cetera. So this seems like it's, um, uh, we have a product line, the 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, and this is a 10K. And um, the equipment is, um, you know, a full container, a 40-foot container. And, mm -hmm. um, 
And it, uh, it, what what is this uh, submerged unit? What is that? Those are the those are those images right here on the screen are images of flat plate membrane modules. Those are the those are the filtration modules that uh, provide the the final filtration before we discharge. These are tertiary treatment units. These are advanced treatment units. These are these systems. And another thing, Brad, that's really unique about what we do. What I'm really pleased with is we have focused on advanced technologies, taking the, the most capable uh, treatment function to the to the customer. This allows us to provide reuse and reclamation capabilities. Instead of treating your wastewater and just dumping it out in the environment, goodbye, we see see the, see the water later. We have the ability to recover and to reuse this water. I, I know that we are, I've got another customer out in California just earlier this week, exact same, same model, brand new development, 25 units. They want this plug and play model and they wanna reclaim the water because the water scarcity issue that they have out there in California. Brian, yes. very familiar with I'm going um, mega drops. Where are you based, Brad? I'm in Redondo Beach. Bingo. <laughs> so you know the feeling, uh, and I feel you. But um, uh, the, the, the issue is really that this is one of the great benefits of decentralization is now the customer can, they're paying for the water being treated, so they might as well reuse it and get a free ride. Um, now there's practical limits to how many times it can be recycled. But at least once, I think, is, is, is it fair to say, is a fair amount of recycling, you'll get about you know seventy percent um, reuse out of out of the water. And um, I, I saw figures, for example, for a brewery, they can reuse um, if it's just for washdowns and and uh, so forth, not not for reuse as beer. They can still reuse fifty percent of the water for those purposes. So so there's definite definitely a, a, a advantage in doing so. That's really interesting that we're doing these various kids. Uh, and that you have a product line. It is. It is now the Averiskid unit, and as you can see through our website, as, as Riggs was showing you there, we have what I call our five standard models. And I, I always compare this, our, our selling model is almost like going down to the automobile dealership, going down to the local Ford dealership, and you want to buy a Ford F-150, F-250, F-350, F-450. You just pick the, the unit that suits your needs, suits your capacity needs, you select the options you need for whatever your permit requirements are, and, and we deliver that system. It, it is, we have tried to, we are commoditizing and streamlining and simplifying the engineering, the permitting, the fabrication, and the delivery, mm -hmm. breaking all of, breaking, getting, breaking away from all of the old manufacturing and fabrication models that have basically been the mainstay for the last half century when it comes to decentralized water. And while this is the wastewater side of it, what is really cool is that we have our clean water side. And we can do the exact same thing. We can do turnkey, closed loop, water, potable water, and containerized systems, or even more sophisticated delivery models. And we can have our decentralized wastewater packages on the back end, and we can complete the water cycle. So, and that's really interesting because, you know, we, a lot of people ask us about clean water, you know, treating water to make it cleaner. And, um, and we're actually getting a lot of deal flow in that area. It's, it's starting to really uh, pick up, isn't it? It is. It is, Riggs. The um, good case in point would be the hospitality customer that we've most recently been working with. We just successfully commissioned a point-of-use advanced drinking water filtration system. And what is the, 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 ugly, the ugly secret is, the ugly reality that we deal with is, is that while public utilities are out there to provide safe drinking water for, the, for their masses, for the customer base, most of these utilities still struggle to provide clean water for their customers. 
And we've got a number of savvy um, hospitality clients that recognize that, hey, we probably need to protect our investment in our major resorts and our hospitality uh, facilities. And they will invest in point of use water where they take city water and they will make sure they treat it to an advanced standard before they send it on to their customers and the, the clients that use their hotels and their resorts. So that's just another example of, um, of, the, of the ability to provide water on demand. It's a beautiful thing. So what's going to happen next, of course, is uh, once, once Brad, his funds end up in the Water on Demand number one Inc. subsidiary, <laughs> then um, what's going to happen is it's going to be aggregated with other people's investment. And this is what's great is it's a pool um, because early on we saw that there were regulatory issues with Brad investing directly in a piece of water equipment in Pennsylvania, state regulations. It was very complicated. So we, we solved it by basically having a pool. And so his, his money comes in. Uh, we then package it up, put it under contract, and then implement the full managed services. And then Brad sees 25% of net profits over a period of 25 years or whenever the, um, the fund is wrapped up, whichever comes first, uh, in addition, of course, to all his stock and warrant benefits, which are really nice. <laughs> What's great about this is, Brad, is you are ensuring a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because the beauty of this is, is that this is a preload of cash into Origin Clear's um, coffers, right? It's, it's not going to pay um, salaries, it's going to pay directly for equipment, and that results in direct revenue and profits, which shows up on our, on our um, quarterly and annual filings. So what you're doing is you're directly driving uh, the fundamentals of the company, and you're making sure, darn sure, that, that we're going to succeed. So I think that it's um, probably a big part of why long-time investors like you are saying, uh, yeah, I think, I, I think this could be um, uh, you know, doing, doing um, a good thing for myself and also for the company. Yeah, it's nice to do that and not be depending and saying, okay, now that I've done that, we're hoping that Series A comes in or Series B comes in and then the company will be great. Here it's, we're doing it and it's going to go directly into the bottom line. It's a beautiful thing. Well, we're grateful to have a, a, a deep bench of, of longtime investors like you, Brad. Thank you, for, thank you for being on board all this time. And Dan, I love your, what you're doing here. It's dynamic. It's brilliant. And we are with this, this call. We are entering a new era, and I'm super excited. So thank you both to you, and uh, let's have some fun, right? So that was uh, just a fabulous interview, and um, we've gone a bit long. Okay, let me just... Uh, uh, answer a couple of questions that came in on chat. Uh, what uh, Brad says, what is the upper end of the capacity? Uh, that's a really good question. I think it goes up to about what, um, from what I saw, the uh, Everskid is uh, 50K per day, uh, 50,000 gallons per day, I think. But you can gang them up. You can put them in parallel. So um, it's really intended to be a, a point solution where you don't have huge, huge volume, but rather you're solving a point problem. Uh, okay, DBO, how does it cost compared to aerobic septic systems and could be sold to developers as a residual income stream via HOA dues? That is a really interesting question. DBOO is, is technology um, agnostic. It can be used for aerobic, etc. It's a way to price things. And what's great about it, uh, Daryl, as you, as you figured out, is that this we could have channel partners who then remarket it and they share in the revenue stream. We already have that with philanthropic investors who are bringing us uh, water on demand investors. So um, it's super, um, uh, has tremendous potential. Let me just quickly take a look here. Okay, good. Um, 
because it's gotten very late. It's much later than normal, but I think it's been really fascinating. And I see that people have stuck around, which I so appreciate. So um, a couple things more to uh, discuss here. The reason why people are coming on board is we're calling it the $5 million club. That is, we are putting together, uh, aggregating. And why is it 5 million? It's because um, it is, there, there is a five uh, sweet spot um, that, because there, there is um, basically a table where there is a uh, special price for $5 million. And we, we were not having much success getting $5 million investors quickly. We are getting them, but it's a slow process. We're speeding this up by, through aggregation. And there is a way that people like you and me can get in and Ken will know all about it. So the features I'm not gonna get into because it's gotten late, but is a beautiful thing with excellent stock warrants and um, percentage of net profits and security in the subsidiary. So uh, it's definitely worth talking to Ken about. Just book him oc.gold slash Ken or call him on extension 201 at Origin Clear or invest at originclear.com. Well, there we are. Thank you for sticking around. If you're not registered, uh, please do uh, oc.gold.co. Next week, you will meet the general manager of Water on Demand. We have named that person a, an amazing, I'm not going to tell you ahead of time, an amazing, amazing, brilliant executive that I've known for many years and is perfect for the job. Lots to do there. And I think you'll be very impressed. So we'll meet him next week. Please do be there. I think you will love it. With that, I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you very much for being on board. And um, we're going to have a wonderful one next week. So thank you. I'm not going to turn off the video. Have a good night and a great weekend.